Supply. Hey there, I'm Lance Bass, and this is Chip. For more than a hundred years, American Humane has been on the front lines protecting animals in times of crisis. From Pearl Harbor to 9/11, the California wildfires, and the coronavirus pandemic, American Humane Rescue has provided life-saving assistance for animals in virtually every major national disaster. If you're anything like me, your pets mean the world to you. And if disaster strikes, you want to keep them safe. To prepare for an oncoming disaster, ensure your pet has secure and up-to-date identification. And if you must evacuate, remember to take your disaster preparedness kit with you. To learn more about disaster planning and how to keep your best friends safe, please visit AmericanHumane.org. Yep, it's that time of year, Blue Boot Rodeo, July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. This rodeo is to prevent water safety and drowning prevention. This year's fishing rodeo, we also have adult, kids, kayak, and we added the offshore division. Proceeds from this rodeo go to swimming lessons, life rings on the Grand Isle Beach, scholarships, and bringing awareness to water safety. There will be plenty of food, drinks, activities for the kids, and the whole family. That's the Blue Boot Rodeo coming this July 7, 8, and 9 in Grand Isle, Louisiana. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. 800-998-1003 is the way to chime into the conversation if you'd like to do so. Give us a buzz. Sports Hangover at ESPN Radio Nola's the way to chime in if you like to do it via social media and we can comment on your thoughts. The Saints take on the Vikings. We know at least one date already. That is October 2nd and it's going to be at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium over in London. That game is a 8.30 a.m. Central kickoff. It'll be televised by the NFL Network. The other games in London, New York and the Packers, Giants and Packers, also at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 8.30 a.m. on the 9th, the week after the Saints play the Giants there. And then all the way at the end of the month, on the 30th of October, Denver taking on Jacksonville. And that is a 8.30 a.m. kickoff as well, but that game will be on ESPN+. Plus. Mexico City going to host San Francisco and Arizona. That is going to be on the 21st of November. And a 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. And then in Munich, Germany, you'll have the Seahawks and Buccaneers playing on the 13th of November. And that will be an 8.30 kickoff on the NFL Network. So your thoughts, Saints fans, on the game in London, not involving, I guess, the the Bengals game, which is a good thing. Because I think a lot of people were a little nervous that it was going to be the Bengals game and, you know, you wouldn't. See Joe Burr, Jamar Chase, and the Bengals play here in the Dome. One of the home games for them. So I would love to see that. Anyway, so we have been discussing that in our number one. Also in the NBA playoffs last night, the Grizzlies defeated the Warriors. That is a storyline. But it also is a storyline because, well, the Warriors and Grizzlies 
That series just got even more contentious. A broken elbow by Gary Payton the second now has been um, reported, and that was because Dylan Brooks smacked him on the side of the head. I mean, literally, the game had just started. And in that game, Draymond Green also took an elbow to the face underneath the right eye. Blood came out. As he's leaving the game, he's double middle fingering the, the crowd. After the game, he had words and thoughts to say there as well. And it's kind of become a topic today. Is he a villain? Is he out of line? What's happened in this series here? I mean, it's, you know, contentious to say the least. Remember, Jeremiah Green got ejected in game number one. That's what he had to say after the game. If you want to boo somebody who get elbowed in the eye and face running on blood, you should get flipped off. So I'll take the fine. I'll go do an appearance and make up the money. But it felt really good to flip him off. You're going to boo someone that get elbowed in the eye and blood running on your face? I could have had a concussion or anything. So if they're going to, if they're going to be that nasty, I can be nasty too. And I'm assuming the cheers was because they know I'll get fined. Great. I make $25 million a year. I should be just fine. <laughs> um, there you go. Got to give you an idea how that's going to go. Um, some people are not, you know, by what he's saying there. Look, that, that's Draymond. Draymond's always going to speak from the heart there. A guy, after he got ejected in the first game, he goes in the locker room, he records a podcast to talk about his, <laughs> you know, his, his view on it and, and what he had to say on it. Um, he had this to say about the foul from Dylan Brooks to Gary Payton, as we now know, that now has resulted in a broken elbow. For Gary Payton the second. Draymond, what were your thoughts on the play that injured Gary Payton the second? Um, Steph just said that's what a flagrant two really looks like. What What were your thoughts? It was a foul. There it is. There it is. So, again, I don't know how this is going to, to turn out here in game three, which won't be till Saturday, by the way. But... I, I gotta imagine, especially now that one of their players literally suffered a, a broken bone, a broken elbow. Do they retaliate? Do you think that's coming? I mean, what, how, how do you officiate this in, in this game moving forward? But, you know, again, we saw some, uh, some flagrants and some things of that nature in, in the Suns Pelican series, but it's, you know, you hear the, the term playoff basketball and, you know, you've also seen a lot of the discussion, though, about how some of these calls are being called flagrant ones and flagrant twos that aren't. That's why you, you heard Draymond say that's what a flagrant two looks like. That's what, you know, Steph Curry, you know, kind of feel uh, about that as well. So, you know, I, I think when you look at the severity of some of these fouls, it's, you know, is it intentional? I think it's really about getting... Does that player have a chance to sort of protect themselves in a fall or not? And, you know, look, on that instance, you've seen guys land harder. What, what, what was the game? I think it was Mavs and Suns, huh? When somebody landed on their back, when it really looked bad. And that, that wasn't even but a common foul. So, I don't know, but it turned out to be a flagrant two. And obviously the discussion today is, is Dylan Brooks going to be ejected? Or rather suspended for game number three or Steph Curry. I feel bad for GP. Like this is his time to 
to shine in a series like this and a play like that knocks him out. So stuff. So there you go. Something to kind of think about it. Uh, look forward as the seasons, uh, as the series continue. The other aspect of the NBA that again, it just won't go away. Labu. It's all about Labu. Uncertainty about LeBron's future, Max Kellerman. It seems to me that LeBron James's future as a Laker is imperiled this morning. So it leads to a lot of questions. Does this mean the Lakers, part of the reason this happened is the Lakers are like, LeBron is really in decline. We don't think he's actually one of the two or three best players in the game anymore or won't be for much longer if he is. Is that part of the reason that it gets to this point? Because if he's at the height of his powers, this doesn't happen, right? Mm. So, essentially, there's a lot of talk and chatter about what's happening in L.A. That it's been reached out, or they've reached out to several candidates, and it just, you know, not a lot of people kind of really want to go coach there. Who's really in power? Others are saying, you know, Jeannie Buss needs to take control. You can't let LeBron call the shots. All those different aspects of it, Jay Will. What kind of job is this? How many people have a say with who the next head coach is going to be? Jenny Buss, Kurt Rambis, Linda Rambis, Rob Polinka. Where's Rob Polinka in all this? Where's his say? Combined with Phil Jackson now? That's It just seems like it's all over the place. Yeah, several reports have it. It's a power struggle going on right now. Um I'm just laughing. The reason I'm playing this because we're going to go into the conversation we're going to have next segment with Ali Kosell as to where the, the state of the Pelicans, like we have been used to and become accustomed to this time of the year going, oh boy. I mean, right? We're, we're all like, when's that draft lottery again? Come on, you know? Voodoo priestesses, can we have them on the air? What's your, what's your best, you know, kind of, uh, Gree you can drum up for the Pelicans to to win the lottery or something, and and it's just it's just interesting to see other organizations in disarray that you know we're familiar with, but kind of gives you just an idea where the Pels are right now. Here's Keyshawn. It feels like to me, Jay, that Jeannie Buss is trying to take back control of basketball operations to a degree because the control was essentially handed off, if you ask many people, to Rich Paul, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, clutch sports because of the influx of talent on their client roster that they have that they also could be a feeder system to not only the Lakers, but a number of NBA teams. So giving them a little more say at the time was a smart thing to do. It delivered an NBA title. Again, it's just, it's an interesting thing of what's going on right now. Phil Jackson, apparently, per Wojanowski, is significantly involved in a Lakers coaching search. Remember during the postseason we saw that, or not postseason, towards the end of the season we saw him in the suite and he was uh having a say so there's a lot of lot of lot of cooks in the kitchen right now going on and and I saw a report yesterday Zach Zach Levine was asked do you want to go play in LA I'd love to go play in LA with LeBron so who knows what's going on but again keep in mind I've played earlier this week Stephen A 
Zion's keeping the Pelicans from championship contention. Get his butt on the court. Get healthy. Get fit. Help the Pelicans. That organization's bright. That was this week. Two hours ago. Stephen A. Because I have something that I want to say to Doggy. And J.J. Reddick, I specifically, because Doggy and I were supposed to do this segment, I specifically requested that you be in this segment. Because I have an announcement I'd like to make. What's that? It is involving LeBron James. Doggy, J.J. Reddick, I want to announce to the American public that I think the Los Angeles Lakers should strongly consider trading LeBron James. That is what I believe. Now, a lot of people are going to lose their minds because the brother's 37 in his 19th year and he just averaged 30 and all of this other stuff. And if the team was better, he would have been a league MVP candidate without question. This is not throwing a speck of shade on LeBron James in case he's watching, which he'll try to deny, but he's watching. Okay, I'm telling you right now, it's no shade at all. It's a testament to his greatness and it's a compliment to him that I'm saying this is what the Los Angeles Lakers should consider. The Los Angeles Lakers, as presently constructed, are going nowhere. Russell Westbrook clearly lost something. Do I think that he'll make amends and come back to some degree next year? Probably, but we don't know. So entering the last year of his deal, making $47 million. I I know for a fact, by numerous executives I've spoken to, you can't get but so much value for Anthony Davis because he's perpetually injured. And he's not reliable health-wise. We know how big time he is as a player, JJ. When he's healthy, when when he's not, but when he's he gets injured all the time. Here we go with LeBron James. He's the only person that has extreme value. That you'll never get equitable compensation for his greatness. But it's the only chance you have to be immediately respectable if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. First, we got to take into account what we're looking at in the Western Conference. We got Phoenix. They ain't going nowhere. We got Golden State. You Come see on. these brothers. They here and they're going to be here for a Come while. Come on, Steven. We got Dallas with Luka leading the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nico and Jason Kidd doing an outstanding job. I think they're a piece for being those legit title contenders. Okay. We got that going on. Kawhi and Paul George will be back. Minnesota is on the rise. Memphis is here. Okay, we got all of these things. I'm giving you six teams in the Western Conference, and let me not forget New Orleans. There it is. And if, if Zion Williamson is healthy, I mean, my God, what New Orleans could potentially do. Yes. So we got all of that going on. Yes. You the Lakers. There it is. I love it. I love it as Buddy leads us out with some electrical guitar. That's right. The future's brighter than L.A.'s. In New Orleans, per Stephen A. Smith. Ali Cosell, a perfect way to segment into your segment. Oh, segway into your segment. It's the Sports Takeover at ESPN New Orleans. Calvin Braxton Ford is your Ford dealer here in Lockport. They want you to know it's important to keep your vehicle running its best. So Calvin Braxton Ford's service department is offering you the works. An all change up to five parts is $39.95 or diesel $129.95. But 
Burks includes oil filter change, tire rotation, and multi-point inspection. Get a brake job for $289.95, including brake pads, resurfacing rotors per axle. See our certified diesel tech today at Calvin Braxton Ford, Highway 1 in Lockport. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, and Reserve. Forever. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Ah, yes. That was enjoyable. Hope you enjoyed that. I know I did, for sure. As, uh, again, anytime you hear the narrative being changed nationally, you just, you, you gotta chuckle. I don't know how else you can look at it. You spell it O-L-E-H-K-O-S-E-L, Mr. Ali Kosell, editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights. Ali, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Gus. Enjoying the playoffs. It's a little sad, right? The Pelicans aren't in it anymore. But, hey, to me, they ended on a high note, regardless of the fact they're not in it anymore. I don't know if you happen to hear the segment right before, but I went into the commercial break by listening to Stephen A. Smith for two and a half minutes say the Lakers should trade the Lakers. Then at the very end, in the final ten seconds, he went through all the teams he thought were in a better position and that will be ahead of the Lakers next year, that the Lakers would have to pass. And the last team he said was New Orleans. Or New Orleans, as he said. How incredible is it to you how the narrative has changed in as little time as it has from sell and move the franchise to him being disgusted, Stephen A., that C.J. McCollum was traded to New Orleans to now they're in a better spot than the Lakers. Like, think about that. Yeah, it's mind-boggling if you consider everything that's been said beforehand. But look. I think national media can't ignore the Pelicans anymore because of what and how their last month of the season went. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw the signs. They were improving. They went 33-30 and 30 to close out the regular season after that lousy start. And, and you love the fit of C.J. McCollum. And, of course, you always knew that Zion Williamson, right, is likely going to be back. And now it seems all but certain that there's not going to be any kind of issues on resigning him and having him just enjoy himself on the team. So, when you factor that in, and then, of course, the noise they made in the playing tournament, right, in the playoffs, you, you can't ignore it anymore. They're definitely a team on the rise. They found their coach in Willie Green. Um, Brandon Ingram looked like a star-slash-superstar during the playoffs. So there's so many boxes to check off, and I haven't even talked about the three rookies. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I understand. It's mind-boggling, right, in one sense, because mm-hmm. they've always pity-pooed and destroyed New Orleans, no matter how well they were doing. And for them to make that turnaround, yeah, it's surprising, but, you know, it really isn't. All right, so I want to give you your chance to answer our questions of the day yesterday, just because I was discussing it this morning with someone who's 19, and he agreed with me on who the team's MVP is, okay? So I'm going to ask you the team MVP, the biggest win of the season, and is there a memorable moment for you that you think best, like, you know, encapsulates the season and things of that nature? Here is my MVP in, in, in an audio version, Garafanini. Todd, voice of the Pelican. 25 left, third quarter. Oh, steal Take it, Herb. Take it, Herb. Goes behind the around the back. Oh, and the reverse. Herbert K. Jones. You just do it, boy. He just did it all. All of it. With a around the back dribble. <laughs> That's the Herb highlight. Dude, it pains me to play that because I just, how loud that arena was that game again. <laughs> was incredible. Ollie, Herb Jones is my MVP. My most memorable moment was game four. Fourth quarter, nine minute mark, six minute mark, he blocks three pointers. It just, I, I, I found myself throughout the morning when I was thinking of who the MVP was in my most memorable moments. Most memorable moments, Ollie Cosell, involve Herb Jones. He's my MVP. And the win was the 114-111 win in L.A. against the Lakers when they brought back AD from the dead like The Undertaker, rested LeBron, then we still beat him. So those are my three. Who's your MVP? Start there. Well, to start, I've got to give it to Brandon Ingram. I think that we saw an evolution of him about start to begin about six weeks into the season, right? That ISO ball, not being able to finish in the clutch. That started to change. Willie Green through the help of Willie Green, right, getting him to see and understand on how he should look for his shots, play within the role of the offense. And ever since that point, he just improved and improved. I think he took another step when CJ arrived to the point of wherever, whenever it seemed like he was on the court, the Pelicans won. And, you know, you need a star slash superstar leading your team. And the fact that I think Brandon Ingram is, is just about there, I regard him as a top 20 player in the league. I gotta go with him as my MVP, but you're right, Herb Jones. That's a good pick too, and there's probably several others you could maybe consider as well. Right? Is there a moment or two that sticks out to you? Look, I I thought that play was great. I mean, you saw a bunch of different other plays that that stood out, and then we had a caller, and again, I I never, you know, didn't make it available, but he said, Gus, it's very simple. It's it's the one moment that happened that should be forever enshrined with the team like the Eagles do they play that rocky you know speech right before the fourth quarter or something like that mm-hmm. Ollie fans think every start of the fourth quarter from here on out they might bring it in you took the best punch it's a 10 point game going in the fourth quarter okay get your freaking hands up this is what we live for this is what we worked hard for okay we ain't giving it up we are not freaking giving this up you gotta freaking fight! You gotta fight! Ali, is that the moment of the season? It is for me. Honestly, it's that Clippers game. Think about how important it was. They were trailing um, by, what was it, just about 8, 10 points. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and they had been leading in that game. And, of course, Los Angeles Clippers, from the end of the second to the third, just dominated them, right? So I forget the run they went on. But it was something like, what, 30 to 10, 36 to 10. And you thought the Pelicans' season was done right there. But they fought back. They started to fight back through the, that, that second line, right, the bench guys. Mm-hmm. I love that the second line was came up with, I think it was Joe Myers and 
Antonio Daniels during yeah. a broadcast, but that whole season tipped on that point to where it became really special because they came back in that game and they won. And I think that speech, you know, that goes along with it. Same thing you could, I, I could mention Trey Murphy. How big was he in that game, right? Hitting all those threes that was necessary. Brandon Ingram not missing a shot during the final six minutes. So if that game doesn't happen, we don't have the playoffs. All of a sudden, the national media isn't talking about the team. So, yeah, I've, I've got to highlight that. And that speech, good as any. Ali, we've been kind of discussing with some folks here th- during the week, too. What do you do, you know, moving forward? It, it, look, the narratives change. I think, you, you know, even if you needed to get free agents or players in here, I think people are looking at New Orleans differently. So that's good. That's fine. But mm-hmm. I, here's the thing. What exactly do you do? I'm not used to this. Normally, I need to overhaul the roster. There's a new coaching search. What exactly do the Pels need in the offseason to do? They really could just sit on their hands. I mean, look, they've got 14 guys under contract for next season. They're going to almost, you know, 99.6% chance have that uh, Lakers first-round pick where it's going to fall inside the top 10. Mm-hmm. So right there, there's your 15th player. Um, so they could legitimately do nothing. But I think they do need to make a few moves. And it's going to be interesting to me on first, Garrett Temple. You know, I feel like his services are no longer needed on that bench. I should say in a player's uniform, but on the bench, that, that's a thought. Uh, and that's, that sentiment's growing to where why not buy him out of the contract and then sign him to, if he wants to, join the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. If not, then, of course, you've got to look at the, the, the weaknesses, right? And, of course, I'm looking at Devontae Graham, and then I'm also pondering Jackson Hayes. And it's not because I don't like either player, but let's face it, Devontae was brought in here to shoot and shoot well. And he hasn't, re- he never did. Right. Uh, never did anything after like the turn of the calendar right after december it was all downhill it seemed like jackson love him you'd love seeing the glimpses but is he going to be worth that second contract because the pelicans are about to get really expensive right when they add uh, zion's extension and uh maybe extend larry nance and of course cj mccollum are they going to want to extend him now or wait a year but either way the roster is getting really expensive you're gonna have to start cutting out some pieces that's the thing that you brought up that a lot of people maybe aren't thinking because obviously the extension and the way Zion answered it on Friday was fantastic. You know, I couldn't sign it fast enough. And it's something you and I have discussed, right? I mean, injury history, just, I mean, look, AD turning down 200 million is different than Zion turning down 200 million and where they were in their careers. But when you look at it, Jackson Hayes is also, same draft class, is available for that very same extension or something of that nature here as well. I'm with you. There's upside. There's promise. And I guess if Zion's playing healthy, then you're using him in bits and pieces. But can he be that guy like a Billy Hernan Gomez where if you don't use him as much, he can play when you need him? And I I just got a little fearful in the postseason when – he kind of disappeared a bit, you know? I mean, there were moments, there were glimpses now. Can he take that step? Can he learn from that? To your point, you see the athleticism, but, you know, I, there's a lot of unknown with him. You know, I don't know what I'm getting that night, that game. Exactly. And the Pelicans now, you feel like, are going to be in the playoffs every year. And if Zion works the way we think it will with this group, they're going to be knocking on that door of championship contenders. So suddenly for me, you don't need those type of projects that take up that much of your cap space, unfortunately, right? They, they, their mindset's different now, uh, most likely moving forward. And you're right. You're, when, you, when you go to your bench and when Willie goes there, he's going to need to rely on that production. And Jackson, he's given all that opportunity, and his best position is the four, right? That's Zion's position. And if right. it's not Zion, 
I don't mind Najee playing. I don't mind Trey Murphy. Both right. of those guys are going to get stronger and smarter, right, and know the game. And, and you're going to want to play smaller. I know Jackson's athletic, but look, if, if he can't nail down his best position on the court, I mean, you, you almost have to move on from him, right? Let some other team where they can work on his development. It just yeah. seems like a better fit elsewhere. Yeah. No, to your point, you bring in a veteran that can sort of, that you know there's a known, right? You know exactly what you're getting um, from that aspect of it. Because that, that's why I look at because I almost feel like some of it has changed from early in the season. They need a point guard. They need all of that. To where you look at it now, and I don't know. Now she, I mean, um, Ali, because when you look at Remember the last time we saw Zion play, he was actually point guarding. I and mean, he was the guy that was doing that. Is he going to be the point guard? So I'm not saying you do it every play. CJ could bring it up. B.I. could bring it up. We've seen others be able to bring it up. I'm not forgetting about Kyra Lewis there as well. So I, I don't know. I just I almost feel like, to your point, it's changed. The last couple of weeks, I'm like, what do I do with that draft pick? Do I? Mean, but who is that veteran that you're using the number four, number three pick in trade to grab and where are you putting them? Yeah, for me, I want to see the Pel- everybody's talking about point guard. I've been asked all week, Pelicans need to sign one, right? And I keep saying no. I keep no, saying because the ball is going to be in the hands of B.I., Zion, and uh, C.J. McCollum. Correct. They're more than, you know, capable, right, of initiating the offense. And we've seen it, and especially this season. I have no qualms about it. And, I don't, and all you're doing is then putting somebody on the bench from that starting lineup. And that's going to create more holes than, than you know, you're shoring up just having another floor general out there. So, no, unnecessary. I want to see a pain protector. I don't know who will become available. Mm. I wish I wish somehow they could pry Onyeka Okongwu. I loved him coming out of the draft a couple of years ago. I think if Atlanta, by some chance, was to get Rudy Gobert, because you've got to think Rudy's not going to be on the move. And yeah. who are the teams that were most disappointing? Well, Atlanta is one of them. So maybe they would have an interest in Maybe they don't want to wait on Okongwu's development. I personally think Okongwu would be – so perfect here, and, and he's, his defense is already almost on point. His mm-hmm. offense is growing. He said this summer he's going to work on a jumper. But either way, the Pels need somebody that's going to protect that rim, help, um, and, and just be quick. You know, guarding pick and rolls, Jonas, bless his heart, tries his heart out. Even Larry Nance struggles. They need to find somebody that can handle that, you know, that responsibility, and he's not on this roster. Mm-hmm. Good points. So here's thinking more on the defensive end rather than offensive end, because I'm with you. you got guys that are going to be able to score, Zion's going to create the space. You see when Willie Green wants to play with pace, it's it's quick passing. It's ball not hitting mm-hmm. the ground, really, and moving. So your need of the floor general point guard maybe has evolved and changed a bit, right? Because you you kind of don't need that. They're at their best when the ball is just moving and they're off and running. Yeah, that's when you know I felt like Herb Jones and other guys are at their best on this roster. When they're getting out, either in transition or it's just hopping around to where you're, you know, you're, you're finding the open guy, and then that person is more incapable of making a play. I mean, we saw moments when Herb was out there directing, right, the offense when Bi was missing games. I won't forget that game against Denver Nuggets mm-hmm. where uh, he had that dunk over Jokic, but he had so many great passes in that game alone. That's what sticks out in my mind, not that dunk. So there's guys that are capable. You definitely don't need a floor general. It's best to run Willie Green's offense. And it seemed like CJ and B.I. were beginning to do that in the regular season. Things change in the playoffs. They usually do. But in the regular season, you want to have that type of offense ran. I want to wrap up, obviously, with what we're seeing in the postseason. Mavs and Suns, do you think that goes six or seven? You know, I, I strangely do. I, I mean, I know the Phoenix has a 1-0 lead, and I know it wasn't even a close game. But I think Luka, 
he's going to find a way to where he's not going to need to dominate the action to where it takes away the shine of everybody else. Because I think Jalen Brownson's fantastic. If they just can figure out a way to utilize him as equally as Luka and then they make some outside shots, it's going to be a series that goes at least six games. Okay. And 76ers heat tonight? Uh, that one's over. Yeah, no no MB <laughs> done, right? Yeah, I mean, MB's hurting, and it showed when he was playing with that injured finger how you know less effective he was. And James Harden just hasn't been that guy almost all year. And he didn't look like it. Like like the Houston guy in Game One, so I think Miami may even end up sweeping that one. Bucks and Celtics seven. Yes, I, I, I was two two games that were vastly different, right? Milwaukee right. really dominated that first game after Boston got off to a hot hot start, and then the Celtics, you know, they roared back. They played so well last night. You got to think that's going to go seven games, and I think whoever comes out of there could potentially win everything, right? Not just get to the finals. I think the Bucks or the Celtics are my favorite to win at all. Mm. Um, I also think when it comes to the Grizzlies and Warriors, man, this is going to be, you know, we're talking about Draymond Green today about being maybe the league's villain and stuff. I, I almost get a sense and feel too. Memphis got no trouble. It's almost like they, they want to be the new Warriors team, right? Exciting, brash. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're here and we're not apologizing sort of thing. And look, when Ja drops 47 and you see how this has gone and now with Gary Payton breaking his elbow, on that hard yeah, foul. Yeah. Dude, I mean, Saturday night is going to be I, – I I can't wait to watch it, you know? I can't either. And, I mean, the ratings said everything. That was the most watched game since I forget when, but it's been a while, right, for a playoff game. And I know everybody's going to watch the rest of the series just as closely. Because you're right, Memphis is that upcoming brash team. We saw it all regular season. Yeah. Against almost every opponent they play, they were getting in their faces. They were getting LeBron James mad for crying out loud. Um, they beat the heck out of the Thunder by, what was it, like 70-some points. Yeah, that's, that's the team to, like, circle and beat for the future. And that's why I was texting you last night. I'm so excited about the Southwest Division. I mean, think about it. If Luka maybe gets a little bit more help and the Pelicans become who we think they are, it's going to be the best division in the West probably for at least the next four or five years. Yep, there he is. Ali Cosell, man. Always a pleasure when you hop on with us one day. Absolutely. We'll have to do that again. Yeah, let's do so. And uh, real soon, you and I have been talking off the air. Going to come over and do a little grill over on the pellet grill, man. Come hang out with the fam. Absolutely. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. At O-L-E-H-K-O-S-E-L is the way to follow Mr. Ali Cosell, editor-in-chief of The Bird Rights. Love to talk hoops with Ali. Quick break. When we come back, phone lines are open. 800-998-1003 is a sports hangover. Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com. Do you have three ex-wives and your current trophy wife wants a life insurance policy three times the size of the policies you had to purchase for your previous mistakes? If so, you need to call Big Lou at Term Provider, 800-511-3535. Big Lou is intimately familiar with your problems, and if you're 50 or 60 years old and in reasonably good health, a $1 million policy should only cost about 100 to $200 per month. Big Lou may have a solution for your 
previous policies as well. You may even save enough money to lighten the load on your new $1 million policy. Remember, call Big Lou. He's like you, except he's only on number two. Call Term Provider, 800-511-3535. That's 800-511-3535. For a million dollars in term life insurance that you can live with, call Big Lou at 800-511-3535. Incumbent Worker Training has helped thousands turn jobs into careers. The Incumbent Worker Training Program has helped us to create knowledgeable, skillful, efficient employees. The program's always been outstanding. I think over the years as engineering and skilled labor tactics advance, we end up staying on the cusp of, of new things, new training. It definitely helps our employees grow in their craft skills. Learn more at laworks.net slash IWTP. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. He's back. He's like the thing that wouldn't shut up. He's got his own catchphrase. He's the best invention since they started frosting Pop-Tarts. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to Sports Hangover. As always, it is a fun Wednesday. 800-998-1003. If you'd like to chime into the conversation. And you can also do so at ESPN Radio NOLA as well. What do you think is, is the moves that the Pels need to do? I mean, I was, I was kind of asking different kinds of people. I'm kind of with Ali where the more I think about it, and I don't, I don't know, right? If, um, they, I've got to go get a, a, a point guard. And it's something that we've been talking a ton about. What do you think? Do you think they still need a point guard? You know what I'm talking about, right? For weeks. It was, I need a point guard, need a point guard, need a point guard, need a point guard. I think I need a point guard. But I'm watching what they did and when they did it well in the postseason. What did you think they missed the most? I guess that's why I'm looking at it like that, right? We can look at during the season and stuff, but what it matters is, can you beat a team four times in a seven-game series? So we got a real-world, by-the-second, up close and personal look at what it takes to have to try to beat the number one team in the Western Conference. Now, will they be number one next year, the Suns? I but they're not going anywhere. They're a good team. And again, and I mentioned it several times, you saw what happens or what needs to happen for you to beat them. Like seven things need to happen in your favor for you to beat them. B.I. needed to drop 30. C.J. needed to drop probably 20-something and play well. Valanchunas, in the two wins they had, was an offensive power. I mean, he had 15 in one game and 20-something in another. Like, you had to have him do that. Herb Jones had three blocks in the game, in game four. Jose Alvarado. Had to draw eight second violations and, and just play insane defense with Herb in the two wins. Trey Murphy hit threes. It, like you, you had to have a lot of things happen. And that's what I mean. So that said, what do you think? Like what specifically do you think the Pels need to I wouldn't even say take that next step because, again, look, I, I say next step, but, I mean, championship is just so hard for me to say that they're going to be able to do that. Because the more I think about it, I'm, I'm kind of with what Ali just said there, you know, and 
some people we've talked to so far this week. I, I almost feel like you kind of run it back and, and, and your, your addition, your need that I'm trying to get to here is Zion. Think about it. Hey, Goss, how about an extra ball handler to help when teams double? When teams, you know, do things that keep you from bringing the ball up the court. Yeah, you're right. Last time we saw Zion play in the season, he was a point guard. Point Zion. I'm not saying he's going to do it every time, but he can. Right? What about somebody that can shoot and space the floor? Okay. Zion himself will do that. Teams like the Suns and the Clippers and, and, and the Spurs that we saw, it's going to be harder to double BI crossing the timeline, which is the, you know, half court line, if Zion's on the floor. They grabbed two players and made CJ McCollum work the second he got the ball across the half court line. Then he would pass it from one corner to the other corner on the wings. And then the second that rotated, they would bring a big, you can't do that because you know what? All they have to do is jump and pass it and there's Zion catches it on the block and dunking it. He himself creates the space. He himself can bring the ball up the court. I, I, the more I think about it, and Ali brought up the point. If you want to keep Jackson Hayes, Eric, I see you on hold. West Bank Ridge, give me 20 seconds. But if you want to bring back Hayes, or money's going to be coming a factor here, especially if you give this guy the, the five-year extension for 200-plus million. Right? So, yeah, I was thinking, what were the weekend? You use... The, the Lakers lottery draft picks. Remember, you still got yours, but you use the Lakers left, uh, draft lottery prospect and, you know, flip it for a vet that can come in and do that. And I still think that's probably what you do. But at the same time, if you get a rookie under a rookie contract that can be a three point shooter, find the best three point shooter, the top whatever, whatever pick you are. If you're seven, top seven, four, top four, who's the best three point shooter? Who's the guy that literally walks out of bed and drops buckets? You can use him. You can use him to spot in if there's an injury. If there's, a, you can you can always use shooting. Always, always use shooting. Or like Ollie, who's the rim protector? It's the Bam out of Bayou. He's pretty big over there. Capella. Todd loves Capella. Who's a guy like that? Right. All right, Eric. We'll come to you in a quick sec. West Bank Rick. Thank you for giving us a buzz, man. How are you? Hey, thanks. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I have to, first of all, I want to see what Kyra going to look like because we got a, like a smidgen of a taste of what his point guard would be. And we already got an example of what happens when we have a point guard on the floor, Jose Alvarado. We got a person who don't turn the ball over. Bingo. When you having, when you having so many people touching the ball, and swinging it around, and they sometimes not knocking the All Stars, not knocking CJ, and not knocking Bi, but sometimes they get to a point where they forget to get the ball to the players so they could get hot. I I said this offense would work good if we had the triangle because mm. they didn't have a point guard; they just yeah. moved it around from the middle, and uh, and uh, Jordan and Pippen. Kind of mostly handled the triangle uh, offense, spots, but they didn't yeah. move. No, you're right. They you're didn't right. move a lot of yeah. places. 
And at the end of the day, West Bank Rick, not to interrupt you, but you bring up a very good point. When when the bleep hits the fan, when we're late in the fourth quarter, when we need possessions inside four minutes, it's Michael and Scotty that had, well, they, well, they had the basketball, right? I mean, you know, it's the same thing with the Lakers. Like, LeBron and AD played pick and rolls when there was like two minutes left and it needed a bucket. It's the same thing here. You know, we're inside of two minutes, three minutes. We need a bucket. CJ, BI, Zion's touching the basketball. I mean, right? I mean, those three guys are going to have it. They're going to initiate it to your point. And, and I didn't think of Jose. They used Jose to close out games this year yep. because he didn't make mistakes yep. and he facilitated. So yeah, see, you're, you're, it's, it, we can talk this and, and see it. I, I don't think you need to go overspend, overreach to go bring in nope. a point. Cause where, where is he? Cause first off, don't you touch my starting five. And my starting five is Jonas, <laughs> Zion, Herb, B.I. and C.J. Like, I I don't think you Correct. need to change that starting five. I legitimately don't. So, who are you bringing in? So, my thing is, if they was going to do a draft, and if you want to bring somebody in on the team, or, uh, you know, trade your pick, I would look for a somebody to back up uh, B.I. or somebody that's a two- uh, complete two positions, small forward, power forward. I just think those two positions, uh, when, even though Jackson Hayes might be playing the power forward, we never know. It might be, uh, um, Larry Nance Jr., but we don't have, well, the way they run the defense is with the quickness and they use their, their, uh, their hands. Like Willie say, get your freaking hands up. That's how they've been, um, playing defense and, and, and blocking shots. Yeah. Um, knowing your assignment, it, it, it haven't yeah. been. We don't really need a shot block or a paint, mm-hmm. uh, a paint protector, or a rim protector. The way um, he's been calling the defense, you know, you have to be in a certain spot. Now, CJ and um, Bi sometimes it's a money. You know, I'm worried about my career because it's too late for me to get in that spot to, to take a charge or something like that. Understandable. Um, but for the other guys. They have to know where they need to be at, just like what Herb Jones was doing. Everybody still talk about that, <laughs> those blocks from the three-point line. Like, how yeah. did you know you need to be there? So if we could transfer what Herb Jones do to everybody else um, and, and what Jose does, I, I really think the team is good with what they have. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I, that's why I'm asking. I'm, I'm legitimately, like, asking, like, what – what do you think we need? Thank you, West Bank Rick. Appreciate the phone call and your suggestions and your opinions. Thank you, man. Yeah, for sure. West Bank Rick, I think I'm telling you, I kind of feel the same way with him. I just, I, I don't know. I just, what is it that I, I think the Pels need? Eric, we'll come to you right out of the break and get your opinion here as well. What, what do the Pels need? I'm legitimately asking. Like, what, what do you want to do? Like, what, even if it's a role player, I mean, what, when you watch that series against the Suns, and I said this yesterday on the show, I and it scared me because I don't think I'm right, but at the same time, it's what I felt. It is. I saw it. Like I'm like, I think they win those two games with Zion. Games five and six. I do. And if that's the case, are we closer than I think? Is this team closer? And or what exactly do you need then? Are we at the point where I need a piece here and a piece there? Well, what are those pieces? It's crazy. Eric will come to you out of the break. Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans.
It's the Memorial Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram trucker van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. RTC, ETEL, and Vision have always led the way in communications. A network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now, we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. RTC, ETEL, and Vision are now Rev. New name, same company. Learn more at letsrev.com. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. His legend lives on. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. I love it. 800-998-1003. The phone lines are go. 800-998-1003. Still way to chime in. Buddy is uh, out there here as well. You know, Juan Kincaid's got a good suggestion. Down two. Ingram up top. Jose to the cutting herb. Whip it to Trey. Left corner three. Murphy's corner. Be in. Trey, be in. Shooting from the wings is what Juan says that should happen. And imagine this. Devontae Graham, second round pick for Josh Hart. I think Pels fans would love Josh Hart to come back here as well. Imagine that unit. Um, General D on the on-deck circle. Eric, what do you have for us today, bud? Hey, God bless you. How you doing? Doing well, man. Good. Uh, how tall is Kyra uh, Lewis? You know off the top of your head? Oh man, uh, I know above six. Give me one quick second and I will find that okay. out for you. Why? What you got? Well, I would love to see where he is. I would love to see where he would fit on the team for next mm-hmm. year because that would sort of indicate what I would look at in terms of draft. Um, but I think six one still needs he's six one, so he's mm-hmm. not that big of a guard. Then right. okay, I would would like a larger size guard. I mean. If we do need a point guard, but as you all mentioned, we may not exactly need a, a just a on point point guard. Maybe just that these players that we have starting five can run the offense. But I do think we need an abundance of three point shooting because many times during the yes. year, you know, that's a good point. point. Shooting percentages are yes. so low. Yes, very so very weak compared two. to a lot of different teams. You're absolutely great. Oh yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, so if I can get some three point shooting during the draft, as many as I can load up on. My first pick would be for a three-point shoot if possible. Um, my second – they don't have – do they have a second round this year? 
pick? Second they round do. Pick? I think they do, yes. Okay. I, I would look at, again, I would look at three-point shooting. Um, I would like, uh, you know, Z.I. and B.I., Zion and B.I. have a, uh, a history of, um, as you know, being injured quite often. Right. I would look to try to build up some back uh, backup help for those two players because you can count – Basically, they're going to be injured some portion of the season. I would like backup help for them. And um, I would look at rim protection. Now, to me, you can never have too much defense, so I would try to continue to build up that interior defense as much as possible, have a rim protector. So I'll say defense and three-point shooting be the things that I would look at. Yeah, I hear you. I, I'm um, yeah. Makes a lot of sense there as well. I was looking up top, like, shooters in the draft. And, again, We'll see with the lottery where mm-hmm. the the guys are going to be, but um, Jabari Smith seems to be a name that keeps popping up from Auburn. Uh-huh. Six ten, two ten, good shooter. Um, wow. Yeah, I just I mean that's one of those names. There's you know, uh, Shaden Sharp, I think. Uh, Shadon Sharp um, from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Six six okay. two hundred. He had what was it a forty eight to forty nine inch vertical? I just saw a video on there. Ooh. Like Jordan has yeah, like it, like Jordan was forty eight. His was forty nine. Like he has like an inch more vertical. They show him like just standing, jumping, going straight up. Um, but again, uh, that's athleticism. Uh, I'm thinking of like shooting though. To your point, somebody can come in and just just knock down threes, man. Um, yeah, just light it up. That's what know. I would do. Again, it kind of just that's maybe what I do with that pick, right? I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I think with the 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 pick from the from the Lakers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, again, I just need some. I just don't feel confident that Zion and Di are going to be healthy throughout the whole season. I like get some backup help for them, but um, I don't know. What do you think about a rim protector? What do you think drafting? Well, again, that's that's what, that's what Ollie's point is, and kind of maybe I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm looking at it like the Saints' standpoint, but you know, strength was their defense to help on that. And I think this team got to where they could be in playing games. I think because of their defense, and because they didn't have the mm-hmm. shooting, they didn't have the shooting. So, um, right. if you're not going to be able to find the shooting, mm-hmm. enhancing your defense, I don't know. I don't. Know. It'll yeah. be interesting to look at. Now, Jose, how tall is Jose? He's what? Five eleven, six foot. Uh, Alvarado. Yeah, Alvarado. Six foot. I mean, it's probably with sneakers. Six foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's about the same height as Chris. Chris Paul. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I still get stuck on this traditional point guard. Maybe we don't need a traditional point guard. Um, maybe Zion, Bi, and McCullum can handle that. Right. Point. I'm not can handle the point guard situation. So. Yeah, three points and uh, shooting and rim protection. That's what I would look at, mm-hmm. along with backups for a B.I. Yeah, I mean, that would be me. Like I said, I the, the more I think about just the name that just pops in my head, man. Thank you, Eric, for the phone call. I want to get to General D before uh, the top you. of the hour. Yep, I, I just – General D, what do you think of Jabari Smith? If he's there, and let's say you have, like, the, the fourth top pick overall. The guy is 40% three-point <laughs> shooting. I mean, if if the number – like, if, if the, the first sentence in his bio is he's a great shooter, like, that's good enough for me. Unless we get the number one overall pick, uh, Gus, he's not going to be there. I mean, right. that, that guy is is a real deal. I mean, he's he's what the, you know team's whole trajectory of the franchise changes on. The two guys that I think you need to be looking at, 
because because you're going to be a little further down if if the Pels pick anywhere from five to seven, some point they are nine. Um, is a, uh, a six seven kid out of Arizona, which is Benedict Mathern. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good shooter from out, and he's got some size. The, the Pelicans love that length. And then the other guy is, is a little bit higher up on the board, um, the kid out of Iowa, and that is uh, Keegan Murray. Yep. He's 6'8", 225, um, small forward, power forward, big-time scorer. He's got a great efficiency from outside. Uh, he, he's able to get defense and rebounds as well as score. You know, he plays in an all-around game, and I think – He's the kind of guy that could be that stretch four, especially with the second unit. I, I'm in agreement with, um, you know, you have a big decision to make with with Jackson Hayes. Um, I, I feel in the camp that I think unless you play C.J. Moore as a, as a true point guard, where he's going to get into the, the lane and distribute, his role is going to be diminished. I just don't know if he's that guy at this point in his career. Uh, one of the callers called in and talked about playing a triangle. The problem with the triangle is that it's going to clog up the lane for your your, your, your drives and kicks. The NBA has changed from that kind of um, you know pounding in a paint type situation. And in the point that you were making before with Zion being the point forward, the problem with that is you know being that point guard or whatever it is. The problem is that he, they're going to load up on him, and it's, he's not going to be as efficient. Whereas if you have a point guard, he's able to drive and kick or swing the ball to the opposite side. He's now have numbers on the amount of people that they can actually uh, put to him, especially with the rules of the NBA of being able to help out. So um, that's where I'm, I keep saying a point guard is really instrumental. If you look at the playoffs, when we were most effective offensively is when Jose, is when Jose Alvarado was in the game and he was driving and kicking and we were getting a lot easier baskets. Unless we were getting out in transition, our offense was a lot of that one-on-one ball, and, and that's not as effective for our unit. I mean, B.I. was able to rise up over, over a bunch of guys. And when C.J.'s legs were not there as the, as the series wore on, that's when we had some difficulty. I do agree with Ali about the big man situation, about being able to um, have a, a big that comes in. And one of the bigs that was, like, you know, in the draft that's there, there's a, six, uh, a 6'10 kid out of Memphis. He's real young. He's got the size and the strength, but um, – He's one of those guys that I think is going to take a little bit of work, but I think he's able to uh, he shoots decent from the free throw line, but I think he could probably help with some rim protection. But he's going a little bit further than the draft, probably around eight um, is where I've been seeing a lot of the mocks. But I'm still in a camp that I think we need that stretch four, a guy that's going to be behind Zion um, or you know into that role where he's going to be able to shoot the ball with that second unit to open things up. But I do think if, if you don't use it for the pick, I think you need to go find yourself a guy that's going to be a, a true point guard to be able to distribute. Although the offense could run through those other guards, I just see it as opening up a lot more mm-hmm. um, with, with some of those other shooters on the floor. Zion is not going to space the floor as a shooter. If anything, he's going to clog the lane up more when he drives because right? most of his game is played inside the paint. So that really is, but he's able to pass. So that that's one thing that helps him. But it, that's the problem with looking at maybe another big that clogs things up. Jonas is being able to show that he can shoot the ball from outside, which is helpful. But, um, you know, I just think we need some more guard play. All right. General D, appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you very much. Go yep, Pels. Take care. There he goes. Those Pels. Hour two's in the books. Hour three next on ESPN New Orleans. I get no
you're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets.